0: And welcome to the Hand in Hand show, where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hand in Hand show, a part of Stroke Focus. Today we're here with Marina Charolambus, and she is in charge of the Cypress Stroke Association. And this is exciting because Cyprus is a European nation in the Mediterranean. And archaeologists have found that that island of Cyprus started to have signs of civilization from 8200 B.C. And it is a well-known tourist destination. And today we will learn more about stroke and support in Cyprus. And this Mm -hmm. interview is brought to us by the World Stroke Organization, and many thanks to its international program manager, Sarah Bellison. And if you remember, we interviewed Sarah a couple of months ago. Welcome, Marina. Thank you. As I tell everyone, I just get so excited talking to different people. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with
1: stroke care. I have studied speech language therapy. So I work in uh, stroke rehabilitation for the last 15 years in Cyprus. So I got specialized when I did my master's degree at City University, London. And I work with people who have aphasia and difficulties with communication and swallowing difficulties after stroke. I currently work um, on my PhD proposal for quality of life after stroke, uh, how people get social and vocational participation after stroke when they have aphasia, uh, that is, communication difficulties. So I get involved in stroke care via my profession. So what made you set up the Cypress Stroke Association? Yes, I'm the founder of the association. While studying my master's degree in speech and language therapy in London, I used to live behind the Stroke Association, the British one, at City Road. So every day, I would pass by the association, pop in to take leaflets and various resources. A stroke was my main area of academic interest and clinical practice. I was always inspired by the Stroke Association and the activities they did for stroke survivors. And I had a vision to establish one when I was going back to my home country, Cyprus.
0: What is happening with stroke care in Cyprus or getting
1: the word out there it's emerging, I guess, in Cyprus. It's not a very famous health issue, although it, we have many stroke survivors. But most of the people don't know how to prevent stroke or what happens after you have a stroke. Healthcare care is very primitive. We have established the first stroke unit a month ago in Cyprus. There are some units in private hospitals, but in the public sector, it's emerging the stroke care. When somebody has a stroke, they reach the first aid department in a public hospital. When they do the X-rays and the CT scan, etc., they are sent either home or either for neurorehabilitation for three to six months, and then they get discharged and they get home, and that's it. There's nothing else there. So our vision and our goal is to educate and inform people uh, about the first signs of stroke and how to improve rehabilitation and then social inclusion.
0: So I guess really that those are the big challenges there is getting the diagnosis, educating the people and being able to work with the hospital. But also you said they're there in a rehab setting for three to six months. That actually sounds wonderful. Here, we have people who are there for like two weeks. Speaking for myself, I was only in a rehab setting for six weeks, but then I did get the outpatient part of it. Do you have an outpatient program there also?
1: Yeah, we have an outpatient program, but it's funded by themselves, where the rehabilitation is paid by the government. For three to six months, when they get discharged, then we have an outpatient setting, but you have to pay by yourself. And because most of them lose their jobs or they are not able to go back to their specific obligations of the job because of the mobility or the communication problems, they also face financial issues. Therefore, after being discharged from the public rehabilitation, there is no provision for stroke survivors. Tell us about your stroke awareness activities. okay, Every March we participate in the annual marathon. So we have our t-shirts on and some leaflets and some um, resources that we give to people. and we you know we try to raise awareness by participating in the, in the local marathon, which is a big event here. And actually, in Cyprus, because it's sunny and very tropical, we use the weather to do activities like sports activities because they attract many people. So we go to marathon, either to swimming contest, and now we have established a stroke conference every, no- every November to support the World Stroke Campaign and associated it with the World Stroke Day, which is in late October. We set up aphasia communication groups for people with communication difficulties and so we are trying to raise awareness by, you know, doing uh, various events to provide information and resources to people of over, over ages. So do you feel that your movement is growing? Yes. Because our confidence is growing with the support of Sarah Belson and the World Stroke Association and SAFE, the Stroke Alliance for Europe. Okay.
0: What do you feel your biggest challenge or
1: biggest mountain to climb at this point? At this point, our biggest challenge is to go and talk to the government and try to be policymakers and actually not only raise awareness about stroke, but actually try to improve the quality of life of people with stroke. But we need to go to the government and speak to them about slow care and provision and funding and money and how to make life easier. Do you think you are having a positive response from the government at this point? It's emerging, actually, because some colleagues of mine who are doctors and they actually do thrombolysis and thrombectomy at at the hospital, they go to the government to ask for funding for new machine technology and they are responding well. So it's, it's like a baby. Stroke in Cyprus is like a baby. So we're doing baby steps for now. But I think we're going to get there. We're going to get our goal. But we need, you know, we need more time to educate, to inform. Tell me a little bit more about what's important in this whole process to you. For me, the most important aspect is stroke prevention and how we educate people about how to prevent a stroke or how to acknowledge that they are having a stroke so they can go and get help. A for Stroke Association is trying to make social and educational events to help people to understand what is stroke and what happens to your body when you get a stroke so they can get help. So they will minimize the disability afterwards, and their lives will be easier. And for the government, it will be easier to take care of people with stroke. So this is our first goal for now, and it's the most important thing in because they don't know anything. Well, yeah. I mean, I think
0: anywhere that, that there are people, that there is a shortage of knowledge. I think even here, there's a shortage of knowledge, still getting the word out to anyone is very important. I think even doctors need to to get the word out to themselves because I don't think they always know about drugs specifically.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yes, I agree with you.
0: Yes. So, Marina, are there specific examples of things your organization has done that have helped individuals?
1: What comes to my mind, actually, is the young stroke survivors who were, for example, Alexia is a girl who had her PhD. She had a stroke while having her PhD. So what we tried to do for her was to help her go back to the university, actually, and finish her thesis, her PhD. So we have contacted the university and explained the, how Alexia is now and uh, what's her needs, and um, try to help her go back to England and continue her studies. We don't offer financial help to anyone. We At this point, we mostly support them emotionally and trying to do whatever, like a bridge between them and the government so they can establish a new conversation about how the new uh, aspects of their lives, how to readjust, basically. So we have an inclusion, and most of it like an, an, an inclusion part. Sounds like also you can be an
0: advocate for a stroke survivor. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. At this point, mainly we do, we have this role like an advocate. Yes, for them to contact the government and ask for funding and then, or maybe something at work or at the university or whatever it needs to be done for them.
0: So is there anything that we haven't covered that you would like to
1: tell people about your organization? We are a very small country on the map, but we are trying very much to be involved in stroke care and uh, raise awareness for stroke, and we are doing our best, and we want to be part, you know, of the global map. So we are here to support and take support from other countries. And learn from you, you know, because, you know, the U.S. and other countries quite large and they have many years of experience. So we want to learn from you to evolve ourselves and our association. Well, I'm excited that you all have started this, that you're in charge of it,
0: that getting the word out and hopefully people can listen and will, it will inspire them to either contact you or, or help your organization grow. That's always what's needed and that people get educated no matter who they are and what their background is I want to thank you for being with us today and maybe we can talk more another time and get some more information about how you guys are doing and again I want to thank Sarah Belson for her help in getting Marina to us yeah thank you very much this episode of Stroke Focus was brought to you by Sarah Belson. Sarah is the International Development Manager of the World Stroke Organization. And Sarah gives advice to people around the world who would like to set up and grow patient stroke support organizations. These organizations are vital in raising awareness about stroke risk factors and signs. They're helping people in the community in their life after stroke. To learn more about patient stroke support organizations around the world, visit the World Stroke Organization's website at www.world-stroke.org. And to hear stroke survivor and support stories, visit the blog at www.worldstrokeorganization.blogspot.org dot com